life. I am Crystal Ray, and I am an empowerment coach and life balancing strategist who helps busy working women transform their overworked lives into a blissful work-life balance by elevating their food, feelings, and fitness. If this is something that interests you, then you are in the right place. And I'm so excited to bring experts to you on how to balance your life through food, feelings, and fitness, and why it is important. So stay tuned, and let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of a Blissfully Balanced Life podcast. I am so excited because today we have Erin and she is full of so much knowledge. So I'm just going to pass it over to her and let her introduce herself. My name is Erin Waffen. I'm a holistic health coach, a food addiction counselor, and a weight loss expert. I also wrote a book called Why Can't I Stick to My Diet, which is a lot about emotional eating and why so many of us have the best intentions in the world to lose weight, but unfortunately it never really takes, right? So a lot of that comes back to sugar, our diets, why we're eating in the first place. But what's interesting about all of emotional eating is it usually comes from a place of stress, which I know a lot of your listeners are kind of in stress management. So emotional eating is one of these crazy things where it's so self-destructive and we don't even realize it because so many of us are used to having a feeling we don't like and going to food when nine times out of 10, the food we go to heightens the bad feeling we have. So for example, you're feeling anxiety, you go to sugar, your anxiety is heightened. You have a harder time sleeping. Your moods are, you know, your mood swings are greater, but we like sugar. So it's this completely self-defeating cycle we're in, and yet everyone does it, right? It's totally normal. So that's me. Oh my goodness. There's so many things, so many questions I want to ask you about. And the book sounds incredible. First, what would you recommend to somebody who would want to break this cycle? The thing about emotional eating, because I did it for decades, so I'm saying this from a personal perspective and from gaining a ton of knowledge is just being aware of when you're really hungry because oftentimes you know we're in a stressful situation or we have a feeling we don't like and we will only be okay if we have a certain brand of ice cream so that isn't hunger hunger is you'll eat an apple you'll eat you know steamed chicken breast might be boring might not you know, interest you, but you'll eat it because that's hunger. Emotional eating is you can only have, you know, turtle Sunday from Dairy Queen or whatever. So just knowing when you're really hungry versus emotional eating is a really good place to start. Also, just keeping what I call like an emotional temperature on yourself. So before a meal, how are you feeling physically and how are you feeling emotionally? Because oftentimes we're starving because we waited too long to eat and we're you know, for example, at work, and we really annoyed an email. And the next thing you know, it's a half an hour after we're done eating, our stomach hurts because we ate too quickly. And emotionally, we feel even worse because not only are we stressed out, now we're in pain. But if we don't keep track of the connection, we don't see big picture, you know, last week, I ate too much, you know, three out of five work days, like what is going on? So just an awareness of the connection between 
what we're eating and how we're feeling, and then also how we're feeling and what we're eating, because it works in both directions. I love that term, emotional temperature. I think that's yeah, and taking your temperature. So yeah. Yeah. So what are some of the things that you recognize when it comes to emotions that tend to be common patterns, I guess? Overwhelm seems to be a big one or just upset. Oftentimes, just anything we don't we're uncomfortable with feeling. It often ends with ice cream or candy <laughs> or whatever your particular, you know, palate. I was very much a sugar person. If you read my book, you'll learn all about it. I loved gummy stuff, you know, the high fructose corn syrup, the stuff that just hits your bloodstream like a train. That was my jam. Other people, you know, they love chips or whatever, but I just loved the, you know, the stuff that is the worst on the planet for you because it, I don't know, just, I just liked it. But oftentimes when we're eating it, we don't even realize what we're doing. And I think with emotional eating, the issue is it's so common. So, which is kind of part of what everybody does and you're having a bad day, you don't think about it. But with emotions, I think a lot of people don't realize they can also be really good emotions. Like for example, it's Christmas and you don't normally eat, you know, grandma's fruitcake, for example. You don't really want a piece, but she made it, so you're eating it, you know. That's actually emotional eating because you're not hungry for it. You're only eating it to kind of make her stop bugging you about it. Is it the worst thing in the world? Do you need to come see me because you had a piece of, of icky, you know, um, fruitcake? Not really, but just seeing that all the times you eat when it's not out of hunger or because someone else wants you to, that is, it takes the stigma away from it a lot because most of the time, if you think about it, there's, you know, Easter ham and Christmas cookies, and there's a lot of holidays that are wrapped up in food. That's fine if you understand that it's not a stigma. It's not a, not a bad person if you end up having a little emotional eating episode. If you can, you know, look at it, analyze it, and say, okay, what was going on? What can I learn from it? And can I just move on instead of just being in this really weird cycle of, you know, starving myself, too many spin classes, you know, blah, 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 blah. So just learning from it. There's so much in all of that. It's like, which direction to go into? Let's give, I really have this question like burning inside of me. Like there's so many things I do want to say about what you just talked about, but okay. I really want to know, like, what is a better way to process your emotions? Just ride the wave. <laughs> Um, and I know this is, this is going to be like mind blowing because it was to me the first time when I caught myself eating ice cream, when I was on the phone with my mom, I didn't even realize I was doing it. I was on the phone with her, you know, she's making me crazy about something, you know, the phones and, you know, I'm cradling with my ear and I hit the bottom of the, it was fish food, you know, Ben and Jerry's fish food. And I distinctly remember it because I was horrified that I got all the way to the bottom and didn't even realize it. And I just remember thinking, wow, if somebody walked in right now, I'd be really embarrassed. And you know, I eventually got the phone with her. And I just remember being so um, just kind of confused. You know, am I, a, like, am I a binger? Like, what's going on, right? And then 
that was the first real, you know, I guess, you know, watershed moment or whatever, as far as, you know, what was going on with me, because yeah, I liked sugar, but I wasn't overweight. So people always just thought it was cute. <laughs> like Aaron likes candy yay Dylan's candy bar that kind of thing um not realizing that because I ate so much sugar I had like really bad skin even though I was you know my 30s or you know a bunch of other things that shouldn't have been going on but as far as to answer your question when um what's a good place to like start or be aware of is when when we're just eating out of anything but emotion and a better way to process your emotions are just to acknowledge them because sometimes we don't like feeling frustrated at our moms or upset with our boyfriends or whatever but if you can just sit with that and journal or walk or do whatever you want to do or just acknowledge that it's there maybe it's sitting next to you on the couch whatever mental exercise you want to do versus you know going down a path of ignoring it or trying to hide from it or shopping or whatever it will be okay it's when we try to hide from these feelings and we find some sort of self-destructive coping mechanism that things get really crazy so what i always tell people is just you know give yourself 20 minutes and okay so maybe your mother's very frustrating or whatever your your skin will not explode you will not hurt yourself if you just sit with it, because the problem is when we have a feeling we don't like and we distract ourselves with, you know, eating the wrong food, then we have this drama that we're used to, right? We have this overeating, then we have the fixing it, then we have the self-flagellation of beating ourselves up, and then we're at the gym, and then we're talking about it, and then there's this huge thing. But we're used to managing this thing. We're used to overeating and fixing it. But I completely missed an opportunity to address the feelings I had about the phone call, which is actually what's important. So upon further reflection, maybe I realized I was being ridiculous. I don't know. Or maybe I could have realized that my mom was just maybe having a bad day. But what I did do was I had this complete thing about, you know, how much I ate or whatever, missing a chance to possibly you know have some growth there so that's where a lot of us kind of turn left and we should turn right because if we just process our emotions by acknowledging that like, yeah sometimes I don't feel great and not being scared of not being happy all the time I think it's a great place to start I love that last line not being scared of not being happy all the time yeah because people people always think you should be, you should be happy all the time well Sometimes you're just, you know, it's okay. Right. <laughs> and and, I, and I, think, I think people trying to be happy all the time is the quickest way to not be happy because you're forcing yourself to stay in situations that aren't working for you or you're pretending to be happy when you're really not. Or, you know, sometimes like you're a little bummed out and that's okay and you acknowledge you're bummed out and then you, you know, you, like I said, you ride the wave and you feel better and then eventually you're a lot more likely to be in touch with yourself if you acknowledge sometimes I get bummed out because that's humans you know we have a whole range of emotions like I always say to my girlfriend look at all the emojis I don't know, <laughs> hundreds of emojis right 
And only one is like anger. <laughs> there's so many other ones. There's sadness, disappointment, there's the cursing one. So if you look at all the emojis, like there's a lot of emojis we can have. Disappointment, but sometimes we think we're only supposed to have the, like the big smiling one. Well, not according to my phone. And um, so I think we can, we can be okay with other emojis. I love that. That's so good. And then to like, I know from my own personal experience when it comes to this, because I was somebody who ran like my emotions. I did not want to see them. They, I did not want them. I did not want to feel any of them. But the more I started to like face them and get in the flow with them, the quicker I just started to like experience how I felt and go through it even faster and like feel something and then get back to being in a better place so much quicker. Did you have a similar experience? Oh, absolutely. I think as soon as you can acknowledge, um, yeah, this is what it feels like. I remember when I was starting down this path of, you know, getting my act together, I hit a, I was visiting my mother in California, a lot of stories about my mom, right? And I had left my wallet on the top of my car and drove off at a gas station. And the next day I had to fly back to the New York area. And I didn't realize I had lost my wallet for like two hours later. So I wasn't going to be able to get on the plane the next day. I wasn't, you know, I was thinking of my credit card. I mean, just imagine where my head was at, right? And I just become a yoga teacher. So I was very much, you know, into mind body and breathing and the whole thing. And I remember thinking like, this is what it feels like to lose your wallet. This is what it feels like to lose your wallet. <laughs> Acknowledging that like, this is sucky. It's not going to last forever. And wouldn't you know it, within like 20 minutes, some nice person found my wallet at the um, gas station called me up. I don't think a nickel was missing. Everything was fine. But I mean, if we acknowledge this is what it feels like to get stuck in traffic, this is what it feels like to blah, blah, blah. Because it's annoying when your flight's delayed. It can be frustrating when, you know, your boyfriend doesn't call you back right away or whatever's going there. And, and that's okay to have that feeling. Like I said, it's okay not to be happy all the time. But acknowledging this is what it feels like too, dot, 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 it makes us human. But if we're always judging our feelings instead of just acknowledging like, there it is, it's like a cloud passing by and that's cool. We're a lot more likely to be able to be compassionate to ourselves versus being disappointed that we're not living this perfect life. Well, that's not how life is. Life, you know, can be a little bumpy sometimes and that's fine. That's just how it is. Definitely. That's so awesome that you were able to get your wallet back so quickly. I know, right? <laughs> yes, cool. very, very cool. So I want to talk a little bit more about sugar and, okay. you know, like the cycle and how sugar interrupts our sleep and like how stress impacts our sleep and this whole cycle that we can get caught up in. Can you like dive in further? Sure. Um, the thing about sugar is it's incredibly addictive it's easily accessible. It's in everything from, you know, hot dog buns to ketchup to obvious sources such as, you know, candy. Also, most of us had it by about the time we're about one year old, about one, you know, 12 months old. Most of us had, have had some type of sugar. In fact, a lot of kids get it on their first birthday. So we have those, you know, foundational um, connections in our brain that, you know, sugar's great. And if you think about you know, the pleasure sensors in our brain, they're called dopamine receptors. So 
we get a little bit of dopamine, you know, when someone likes something on social media, right? Versus being with an actual human being, <laughs> which gives us a lot of feel-good emotions. So sugar that, that we can find now, and, you know, like I said, in gummy bears, for example, is genetically modified. So in a cellular level, it's messed with to be as quick acting and is high reaching on the dopamine scale. So we want to eat more of it. That's why people are loving soda so much or frappuccinos or whatever. And so their blood sugar rises, but as quickly as it rises, it falls because it, sugar is such a quick acting food. And the problem with that is you have to make a decision. Are you going to have more sugar and keep that buzz going? Or are you going to not, I mean, are you going to have frappuccinos all day long? And most of us don't <laughs> eat that much sugar all day long. So we have the, everyone calls it like a sugar crash. Our mood changes, our energy goes away. We feel kind of, you know, itchy or whatever it is. And we feel worse than if we hadn't ever even eaten it. And the thing is, is oftentimes we'll have sugar to kind of lift our mood or give us energy when it's completely counterproductive because if we'd had nothing, <laughs> we would have more energy and have a better mood. And so the thing that we had to make us feel better is actually, you know, second us dry. And when it impacts sleep is it can increase our anxiety. It can increase our heart rate. It can also disrupt our ability to get an REM sleep, which is the kind of sleep that's very restorative. And when we don't get enough sleep, it has a really hard time for us to regulate our hormones that are related to appetite. So for example, you know, there's, there's two basic hormones. One regulates how much we eat, one that regulates hunger. So when we don't get enough sleep, we can't get satisfied and we're always hungry, which is kind of a bad combination if you think about them together. But if we get enough sleep, we feel full earlier and we want the right kinds of foods. So if sugar is disrupting all of these things from happening, so we're getting bad sleep, then our body's craving you know, sugar, it is because it's this whole giant mess. And then the next day you're probably you know, going for another frappuccino to give yourself energy. So we can just create this huge giant cycle of just being really tired and just going from one sugar source to another when the best, best thing to do is just to like get off of it, drink water and get some stinking sleep, which I know is not fun. <laughs> Does not sound sexy, right? But you know, it might be unpleasant for a couple hours when your head hurts, but long-term you will feel so much better because the more stressed out you are, the more stressed out you will feel. It's heightened stress response, right? And sugar will make you feel even more stressed out because of your blood sugar and just your anxiety and everything. So if we can stay away from these quick acting carbs, we're a lot more likely to be able to manage the stress in our lives. It's so incredible how powerful food is and how you know different foods can just impact our body in all types of ways. It's crazy. And like, once you just make simple changes, right? Instead of, I am a big sweets person as well. Like love them to death. But there's always fruit. Yeah, totally. Are you one who believes like 
fruit is a no-go or are you kind of like eat as much fruit as you want? I'm in the middle of the two. I think fruit, if you, you know, understand about, you know, your blood sugar. So if you have, you know, berries and strawberries and those sort of lower glycemic fruit versus, you know, dried mangoes, which are basically, you know, straight up sugar, you eat it with food because when we don't, when we just eat fruit, our blood sugar goes up. Now it's better than, you know, a bag of sugar because it's different types of sugar. You know, this is naturally occurring sugar. Our body knows how to manage it, but our blood sugar is still spiking. So ideally you always eat fat with protein, fiber, and a low glycemic carb. So if you were to have some mangoes for argument's sake, have a little bit of coconut just to slow down the blood sugar absorption. Does that make sense? Definitely. Yeah. So you can still have your fruit or you know, have some peanut butter or some nuts or something just so you don't all of a sudden get back in the bag of dried mangoes. Because I remember driving home from Costco and eating an entire bag of those things. <laughs> oh my goodness. Your tongue must have had like that weird texture. <laughs> oh yeah, but I pushed through. I was, I mean, I, I, I you know, I'm willing to dig deep. <laughs> but I think, you know, getting, getting in the, getting away from the mindset of eat all you want. There's no restrictions. We're still in that binge purge cycle of eat tons of fruit. Well, the problem with fruit is it still spikes your blood sugar. It still makes you want to eat more. And then you're not likely to be eating real food. I mean, if you're having tons of smoothies, you're not chewing. So your body isn't getting all those cues up to your brain that you're actually eating while if you're chewing it's just this whole like you know whole thing starts going so you know smoothies are great now and then but if we live off of smoothies it's just kind of confusing to our body a lot of the times but I do think fruit is great if you know how to eat it right I like your perspective on it and like it goes back to this whole idea right it's all about balance totally one thing too much of anything is not gonna be good yeah I remember um I used to work for a large commercial weight loss company that a very famous talk show host works for I'll just leave it at that (laughs) and they had this whole like eat all the fruit you want and I remember thinking people's weight loss is gonna stall because if you have people that are trying to find the workaround and you tell them they can eat, you know, a case of mangoes, they're going to eat a case of mangoes, but they're not going to lose any weight, but they'll have eaten fruit, right? So even if you want to maintain your weight, just be aware that if you're eating all those fruits, are you eating meat or whatever protein you like to eat? Are you having a lot of green leafy vegetables? Probably not because your stomach hurts from eating too many dried mangoes on the drive from Costco, right? So oftentimes we forget that we kind of need to be eating a balanced diet, not freaky, you know, food pyramid time, like circa 1984, but not just tons of any one thing. Oh, you totally just hit the nail on the head. (laughs) Can you give us more insight as to, you know, how long your journey took you? Because I just feel like sometimes there's this misconception out there that we're going to change our life and change our diet. and do all these things and we stress ourselves out more because we have unrealistic expectations as to like how long change actually takes. That's a very good question. I like your question because I oftentimes 
and it's so annoying, right? People are, people say things like, you know, change is a journey, not a destination or whatever. Um, or it's a poster to yoga studio. But it is true because for me, it was a process. You know, there were little things like the thing with my mom and the ice cream. And then there was the fact that I had little bags of candy in the console of my car and all these little things along the way that kind of alerted me to the fact that I had a big problem. But, you know, I mean, I definitely, I remember being a little kid, like six or seven years old and eating all of my Easter candy before it was even time to leave for church. So that was what, you know, I don't know how much candy that was, but that was pretty young to be binging on candy. And then when I finally got everything together, when I finally stopped being fascinated with food, you know, that process takes a while, but I think the best way I can explain to everyone is just, just take it one day at a time and stop thinking about how much you're, you're going to weigh at the end. Because if you think about your health first, the scale has to follow, has no choice. Because if you're not eating from a place of emotions and you've eliminated all those crazy foods and you're, you know, treating your body right and getting enough sleep and you have some sort of stress management system in, in motion and you're moving, you will find your natural weight. But if you're only, if all you care about is, you know, weighing the magic number, your health could be a complete wreck. But once you realize that health is what really matters, you know, mental and physical and all those sort of things, and then you, everything else just comes with it naturally. So getting to the point where you understand that it is possible to maintain your weight without any tricks, that took me a couple of years to really trust it. Thank you for explaining that. and. I love your explanation of it. And like, yeah, it's a journey. It really is a journey. It is. And I also think too, we oftentimes think change is like the straight line, right? You know, if a car leaves Albuquerque and drive, you know, up to Denver in a hundred miles an hour. It's actually like this giant curve and you're going to hit potholes and, you know, and, you know, if I remember I decided I wasn't going to eat any more sugar and then my daughter, who is now 13, I think she was like nine or whatever, she went to make cupcakes and I ended up like eating a bunch of frosting. I thought the world was going to end or whatever. And it didn't. <laughs> the world did not end. We are still here. But having compassion for yourself and learning from it. So what I learned was I wasn't really in a place where I could be around frosting yet. So I stopped baking in that way for a while. Or if there was baking to be done... I had someone else do it or I had some other little tricks on my sleeve. But if you think that like, you know, because you weren't perfect, that there's no point. Well, what if you took that and reframed it as an opportunity to learn something about, you know, what you did wrong or you could do better next time versus this, you know, beating yourself up exercise. It's actually a really good way to learn to manage your feelings while figuring out your food. I'm so glad you brought up this topic because compassion matters so much in all of this. It totally does because I think that's where a lot of us, I know I used to do this thing, is like beat myself up when I ate what I wasn't you know, supposed to. I'm using air quotes so they can't see me. Mm -hmm. And let's face it, like 
it's going to happen sometimes. Does it happen to me anymore? No, because I don't really have that sort of mindset about food, but it took a long time and there were definitely some slip ups, but when there were slip ups, what could I learn from it? You know, should I have gone there really hungry? Should I have even gone over and looked at the dessert table? I tried to analyze it like I would for a friend. Because you wouldn't, you know, think your friend was stupid for doing something like that. You would try to help her. So how about you be your own friend and try to figure out, you know, next time maybe you dot, 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 instead of making it a moral judgment. Yes, be your own friend. That's such good advice. And like this also reminds me of this whole idea of like, you're living your life for you, right? Like it's maybe not living it for you, but like your life is your life and it's up to you to feel good in your life. And all that's going to matter is how you feel. So if you are capable of being in a moment where you do something that you might not be the most proud of, but then you're able to accept it and you're aware of it, then you could just let it go and keep on moving, you know? Absolutely. And I think too, you know, sometimes we don't even know when we're in the midst of it, like why this is happening. Like for example, the whole ice cream thing, right? I had no idea I was going to write a book one day. (laughs) I had no idea I was going to be on a podcast. I just thought I ate too much ice cream. So you never know why something happens. You never know where it's going to lead. But if you're open to the experience and you are able to look at yourself with compassion and love, even if you have to fake it for a while, (laughs) because let's face it, anytime you do something new, it feels awkward. Even if it's a good thing, right? You get a new car, not really sure how to operate it, all these other things, right? So even if the whole self-compassion, self-love thing feels weird at first, that's okay. Acknowledge that it feels weird, but you're only going to get better at it if you practice it, like even a yoga pose or something. So we don't know sometimes why things are, why things happen, but just know they don't make sense one day and today might not be that day. So you ate something you shouldn't have eaten. Okay. So what are we going to learn about it? All right, cool. Maybe today's, maybe today is a really good opportunity for you to press your feelings better. And now you have that chance. So let's make that the lesson versus, you know, beating yourself up because you're a human being. Yes, I love that. I love that. So one last question before we wrap up. How much better do you feel now that you live eating for your health, right? You, you make your health a priority. Oh, geez. I don't know. Like 100,000%. I don't know. Completely. Because what I always tell people is the amount of extra mental space I have in my brain from not obsessing about my weight gave me the room to write a book, to start a business, to, you know, to start a company because when I wasn't obsessing about my weight and how much I ate and how many calories are in my dinner, I was able to just be creative and, you know, have the willingness to put myself out there again and all these other amazing things. So for me, I mean, I can't even explain how many hundred percent or whatever, because it's a huge difference. Yes. I mean, this is like one of the things I want to just introduce so many people to and like have them really understand it. Like once you feel good, you never not want to feel good and it doesn't take a lot to feel good. You know what I mean? So it's like mm-hmm. the more people we can help 
get to just feeling healthy and feeling good to me, like that's the biggest win. Yeah. And I think the best way to, to get healthy and be healthy is to put health first, not your appearance, not, you know, any of those other things, but to truly put health first, because if you put your health first, all that other stuff follows. It has to. A hundred percent. There's no way that it doesn't. Yeah. Was there anything else that you wanted to share with us today? I just know that a lot of people are getting back to school and that, you know, mindset, if you don't have kids and just to kind of encourage everyone to think about lifestyle changes versus diets. And why I'm bringing this up is that oftentimes in the summer, there's a while, you know, first couple of months of summer, we're being quote unquote good. And then we you know, fall off the wagon and back to school being good again. And then the holidays come and, you know, repeat, repeat, repeat. So what I'm encouraging everyone to think about is a lifestyle change in which you always eat the same way most of the time, as in 99% of the time. So maybe on Christmas, you have a little bit extra, whatever, but not these huge dramatic changes of either being on a diet or very much not being on a diet. Because I used to eat that way for years and it doesn't work, but I just want to introduce that to everyone because a true lifestyle change, you don't think when I get to the magic number, I can eat how I want. You don't think of the finish line. So true. Living, finding that type of balanced lifestyle as you know, we're here on a blissfully balanced life, right? Um, but figuring out that way of eating. I love that 99%. You're, yep. you know, and then you have some, some days. Yeah, of course. And you, I mean, and the thing is even about those days are, and this is something that took me a long time to realize there's no working around the chemical reaction our body has to food. So for example, even if it is, you know, your best friend's wedding, if you have a big old piece of cake, your body's still going to react to the flour and the sugar and all that other stuff. It doesn't know it's your best friend's wedding. <laughs> it just knows that you bombarded it with a bunch of white flour. So sure, maybe you really wanted a cake, piece of cake and that's a decision you made as a grown up. But there's no way to beat the house. Like when you go to Las Vegas, the house always wins. So the chemical reaction that our body will go through when we eat these reactive foods, trust me, I've tried forever. There's no way to beat it. So the less often we eat these foods, the better. Yeah, I love that. Thanks. <laughs> if somebody was looking to stay connected with you, where could they find you on social media? Um, I am under Erin Wathen Wellness under all the socials. Awesome. And your website is the same? Yep. Awesome. So I'm going to put all the links in the show description so you guys can reach out to Erin, connect with her further, pick her brain because she's full of so much knowledge, as you guys can tell from this episode. But was there anything else that you wanted to mention? I think we covered it all. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you, Erin, for being on this episode with me. I appreciate it. No problem. Thanks you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope you loved this episode. If yes, I would appreciate it if you could share this episode with a friend and if you could leave a review on my podcast. 
All links are going to be in the show notes and definitely feel free to connect with me on Instagram and Facebook. I'll talk to you soon.